Talk Radio. Ooh, it's kind of feels hot. You feel hot? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, pretty warm. Yeah, I think uh, we're all gonna die. I think this is it. The world's being destroyed. Uh, what? Yep, this is it. End of the world. The apocalypse. Armageddon. I'd say we have uh, oof, gee, three weeks left to turn this thing around. The worst part is it's all your fault. I can't believe you've done this. What, how is this my fault? Well, you produce carbon dioxide, and there's way too much of that stuff. Too much? How much is there? How much is too much? Look, I don't even know. I'm not here to understand vague pseudoscientific talking points. I'm here to enforce insane restrictions on the basis of those talking points. Restrictions? Yeah, you know, like uh, carbon credits and no gas stove and you have to eat bugs and live in a tiny box like a bug and uh, injured bloodline, you know, no children or anything like a, like a bug. Okay, that is insane, yeah. Well, it's a crisis, a climate crisis, so we don't have time to think about this stuff. We're saving the Earth. From what? Well, from people. Yeah, <laughs> like other people, not like you and me, but like, you know, people, humans. So you want to eliminate humans. Well, it's not quite that simple. Yeah, I feel like that should be a hard no. Well, no, see, it's, it's math, we have this equation, and we're trying to get this number down to zero. And one of those variables is people. Yeah, that's right. We're trying to reach zero by multiplying these non-zero numbers by whatever the value of people is. We call it net zero. Okay, because people produce carbon dioxide by existing. Right, so it's all about switching energy production to carbon neutral sources. Alright, and also not breathing or eating. I'm sorry, what? Great news. We're making big progress. The oldest and largest power plant in all of England just went 24 hours totally carbon neutral. They didn't burn a single ounce of coal all day. What did they burn instead? Biomass. What is biomass? Trees. Big, beautiful trees from across the ocean. See, we cut them down in British Columbia, ship them across the Atlantic, and burn them for fuel. <laughs> Wait, so just because you don't burn coal, you're calling that zero emission? Well, the banks do, yeah. The banks. Yeah, the bank. The bankers, the international bankers, they're in charge of all of this because they're so selfless and caring. Okay, and they're making us give up combustion fuel. Well, not totally, just like natural gas and coal and stuff like that. Yeah, but not trees. No, not trees. Trees are fine. All right, that's crazy. Isn't there any other power generator source? Like, what about windmills? Oh yeah, windmills are great. Yeah, after like 18 years, they're carbon neutral for a couple years. Plus, when they freeze, you can just keep them spinning with the diesel engine. Also, they kill a ton of eagles. Uh, is that a good thing? I guess not, but... We're saving the earth here. You can't make omelets without breaking a few eggs, and you can't build windmills without killing a ton of eagles and whales and chopping down two million trees in Scotland. Okay, wait, so you're burning trees for fuel, but you're also cutting down entire forests to make fields to build windmills? That's right, and also we're just chopping down trees and straight up burying them in the ground. It's a, it's a new initiative. I hate trees. Don't trees, like, absorb carbon dioxide? No, that's what my giant vacuum machine is for. It's huge. Okay, this is, this is getting weird. Windmills. Windmills work, though. Yeah, windmills work great, unless there's, you know, too much wind. Okay, what about solar panels? Solar panels, also fantastic, unless there's, you know, too much sun. All right, what about nuclear energy? No. All right, well, well what about cars? I mean, cars run on gasoline, so what about them? Actually, every car is going to be electric from now on. Can the power grid handle that? Every car being electric? Uh, no. No. So... I don't get it. How are people going to drive? <laughs> how are you going to drive when you don't own a car? What do you mean, I won't own a car? I mean, how will I get anywhere? Well, it's easy. Everybody will share a small amount of cars. You'll have an app like Uber where you can request a ride and also apply for a transit permit to leave the 15-minute perimeter. What 
15 minute perimeter. Yeah, the one I'm gonna put around you, it's called an ultra low emission zone. It's a core aspect of the sustainability development goals. It's where you can't leave your neighborhood and don't own a car and never fly and can't eat meat. Look, you're never gonna get these laws passed. Oh, they'll pass, just uh, not through law. No, I'm just gonna sort of do it. See, I don't have to pass a law to make beef illegal. I'll just buy the cattle farms and shut them down. See, I uh, control the market with my incredible wealth. You control the market? That's right. So are you the one that offshored all of our manufacturing to China? <laughs> yeah, that was me. China, where there's no environmental controls at all, the number one polluter on Earth? No. No, that can't be right. No, no way. That would be, that would be crazy. Watch the full video right now at band.video. program leftists failed to silence. It's the Alex Jones Show. Welcome to the Alex Jones Show. I am Chase Geyser, your host. Just very briefly this morning, joined by one and only Harrison Smith, one of our favorites here at InfoWars. Alex Jones is going to be taking over the broadcast any minute. I'm told that half past the hour he's going to be on the air. So we are filling in for him. It's an awesome opportunity to be on the Alex Jones show with this distinguished audience of info warriors everywhere. So don't be discouraged. The man himself will be in the studio any minute. He's fighting the info war on another front right now. Harrison, how are you doing, man? Oh, just terrible, Chase. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's everything's, funny. Everything's awful. <laughs> right before the show, I was like, hey, how was your show this morning? He's like, oh, the whole world's falling apart. They're abducting people's children in the name of this trans ideology. And, you know, yeah. it is easy to get blackpilled. Do you feel, would you consider yourself a blackpilled person or do you maintain optimism? You know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a constant struggle. I maintain, op, uh, here's how I maintain optimism. When people ask, like, are we screwed? You know, is it hopeless? I'm always like, well, I'm not hopeless. I'm not, you know, my cause isn't lost. My family will survive. I've got my storable food. I've got my way. No matter what happens with the rest of the world, I'm good. My family's good. There's a lot of hope in that. But it, it, it feels like we're, you know, I understand we're fighting against the um, momentum of a society that's been on the wrong path and and headed in the wrong direction for literally decades so part of me is like you know imagining a, a cruise ship we're trying to use a little tugboat to change the trajectory of a cruise ship it's not going to happen instantly it's going to be a long process it's it's a lot of momentum we're dealing with here so it's okay that we don't have victory right now the cruise ship can be changed the, the course can be altered each new advancement is something to be celebrated but then I look and I realize that the shoals are half a mile away. And if we don't change the ship now, if we don't change the direction right now as fast as humanly possible, then we're not going to make it. So so I don't know. I don't know. You know, we've got this story. Attorney General Ken Paxton sues to end NGOs operations in Texas after discovering potential efforts to facilitate illegal immigration. Again, half of me is like, heck, yeah, this is what needs to happen. The NGOs are organizing this. They're funding this. They're breaking the law. They need to be held to account. Thank goodness Attorney General Ken Paxton survived his impeachment and is able to carry this off. But then there's always that other part of me that's like, oh, you're going after one? What about the other thousands? Are you going after the UN too? It's like any good, any piece of good news, I'm just unsatisfied. There's, there's so much that has to be done 
such extreme measures are going to have to be taken to get us back on the right track in enough time to rescue this country and not just have to like rebuild from scratch when everything falls apart. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question. I'm not, I'm not black pilled or, or white pilled. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to, to appreciate the good things and, uh, still, you know, spread, spread awareness of the bad things. And that, that was my big takeaway from the show today was just how, how, what, what is it going to take? How much has to happen when they're taking children away from their parents after indoctrinating the kids into transgenderism at schools? How is everybody not awake? How is everybody not aware this is happening? So I I honestly don't know at this point. When I think about the philosophy of inevitable entropy, obviously this is a terrifying notion. Is is this civilization going to collapse just like every other civilization throughout history and nobody wants to deal with worrying about whether their kids are going to starve in some post-apocalyptic world nobody wants to deal with the violence and rape and murder and just disorder that would ensue with the collapse of the dollar for example and those are certainly things to worry about and very real threats if not likely threats in my opinion but what irks me the most and i think this is sort of my driving force is i don't want to arrive at that environment or that place in our history thinking to myself on top of that that i didn't do enough to prevent it at least there's some sort of a conscience being clear yeah that, that i'll have like hey i fought i said right yeah, and yeah. that sort of vindication what's intolerable to me is the notion that we would arrive at a place like that and i can't imagine being someone who didn't do anything and just let it happen do you, do you, how do you think people are going to feel psychologically in the event that we do have a collapse do you think they're actually going to hold themselves accountable for letting it happen or is it is everyone just going to sort of displace the blame uh, everyone does displace the blame now I don't, I don't think there's going to be a collapse in the traditional sense unless we go to war with china and they you know shut down our our infrastructure which they've proven to be capable of doing and are also by the way sending tens of thousands of operatives uh, into our country to await orders as we speak. So maybe there will be a collapse. I don't totally disregard the notion, but I see w- what is much more likely is a South African path that we're going down where things just progressively and incrementally get worse and worse and worse until eventually the lights can't turn on and, and people are drinking sewage and it's just nothing works. And so there's no collapse in the sense of today everything works, tomorrow there's no internet and everybody's insane. Uh, I think it's going to be decades from now we're going to look around in this country that was once functional and and for the most part not totally corrupted. Uh, it's just going to be – it's going to look like any other third world country. You know, it's crazy. When I was at the border with the crew, I was talking to Tim Enlow who was on the air with Alex Jones during some of our reports. And he mentioned one of the alarming things about the Chinese nationals that are coming into the United States was – you see them lined up coming into the United States and they're all standing at parade rest. He's like, what kind of (laughs) illegal migrant or just random civilian stands at parade rest while waiting in line to invade a country. This is not just some... With their roller backpacks, too. That, that's yeah, the funniest part to me. It's they not just like, civilians. It's, it's, it's formerly military, sort of, former military operatives, whether they're from China or other countries. These people have been involved in conflicts and they are trained soldiers. Yeah, and, and they clearly were dropped off there, right? That, that's always the shocking thing to me is they have like a $300 roller backpack and they're wearing like galoshes and they're like on their phone. And it's and yeah. like, like, it looks like somebody waiting in a line at an airport in America, but they're, they're refugee and asylum yeah. seekers. No, they were, they've been dropped off. And why wouldn't the Chinese, I mean, imagine being the Chinese government right now 
and going, wait, our number one geopolitical enemy is America, and we can just send 10,000 people a month there, and they can just disappear into America, and America doesn't even track them? Or, or like, this is such an opportunity for sure. them, uh, which is being provided on purpose by the people that plan the destruction of the United States in the next world war. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the differences, just to sort of frame it, in a different way is when our great grandfathers or our great, 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 great grandfathers in your case came to the United States, they came with their entire family on a boat. Right. And when our grandfathers stormed the beach at Normandy, they went by themselves. So the difference between an invasion and immigration is when you immigrate, you bring your family with you to start a new life in a new country. But when you do an invasion, you leave your family safely at home and you participate in the invasion as just the solo 18 to 34 year old military aged male. And I am alarmed just seeing all of the young men of course. without their families. There's the parade rest clip popping in into our country it just seems it seems very very suspicious to say the least of course of course i mean it is a it is a full-fledged designed invasion it could not be more obvious and it's another thing where it's just like okay when do you stop being fooled by this when do you realize that asylum or refugee status does not apply to any of these people i can understand you go okay yeah we take asylum seekers and refugees and a couple thousand show up and you go don't worry, we're America. We don't pro- we don't persecute people for their well. We used to not persecute people for their beliefs. Come on in, and then like ten thousand show up, and then a hundred thousand, and we've got ten million a year crossing. At a certain point, you should go. Okay, hold on. I don't believe all of you people are refugees. You're taking advantage of this system, and you shouldn't be allowed to take advantage of a system. That's not like a it's not a controversial belief. But so I don't know. A hundred million people a year. It's not like there's any uh, you know. I mean, there's a billion Chinese people. There's no shortage of people that could come across. There's nothing to say that this ends at a certain point other than us ending it. Uh, the flow will never stop. It will continue uh, indefinitely until we decide to stop it. And the people that are in charge have decided to uh, encourage it at every, in every opportunity. Speaking of political persecution, I want to talk a little bit about Julian Assange because yeah. I sort of became politically active right after January 6th, 2021. So I saw what happened on January 6th. And after days of seeing how it was covered, how politicians were responding to it, I was so miffed to say the least (laughs) about the mischaracterization of what happened. First, I thought it was just an example of a fluke number of protesters getting carried away getting rowdy and actually breaking the law and then it came out with the ray Epps stuff and some of the great reporting from darren Beatty and others that this was actually seemingly a psyop an instance of entrapment where there were a lot of feds operating uh within the crowd and and getting this to to happen and so i was so miffed that is when i became politically active and started watching Infowars every day started uh, actually trying to build a twitter account and start a podcast and interview influencers and okay we've arrived at a place where I need to get involved. My vote is not enough. I want a voice. That being said, this Julian Assange story goes back many years before I was paying attention politically. I was trying to start a small business. I was not spending any time on politics. Can you, for the sake of myself and the audience, give just sort of a 30,000-foot view of the Julian Assange story from like the beginning to end? And I don't mean to throw you a curveball if you're not prepared <laughs> to answer that question, but what exactly happened with him? I don't think people even understand why he's in the situation he's in, who he really is. They might not even remember he was associated with WikiLeaks. Let's dive in a little bit. Uh, well, it's, it's not really that complicated. He ran WikiLeaks, which was a, a, a website that published uh, classified documents that were leaked to them from 
uh, whistleblowers within the United States government, and they revealed some very disturbing things, specifically about Guantanamo Bay and about uh, the Iraq War. And the thing that they have charged him with is saying that he helped and and participated in the acquisition of classified documents with the help of uh, Bradley now Chelsea Manning. So it's that, like espionage, kind of. I, they are charging him under the espionage as a 1917 espionage charge. He's one of the only people ever charged under it, actually. And it's, I mean, none of it's valid. None of it's uh, legitimate. He spent, I think, uh, either six or nine years in the Ecuadorian embassy. I, I don't have all the details right. right in front of me. I remember that. But he, he sought asylum with the Ecuadorian embassy. Uh, he was extradited a couple years ago or taken out of the embassy in London and is now in uh, British custody. And right now he's going through his final appear t- uh, appeal to fight extradition to the United States. So the United States has been desperately trying to get hard. Uh, you know, I don't know what the punishment is for um, what he's being charged death. with. It might be death. So, you know, that would be one thing. But although he has said that if he is extradited to the United States, well, I, I, I shouldn't say because I, I this is just something I saw. I didn't actually confirm it. But the rumor is that he basically was like, I'd rather kill myself than, than go to the United States. So, uh, you know, I, that, that's, a, that's a pity. But again, that's just a rumor. Yeah. I, I probably shouldn't spread that. But. Well, it's crazy because what's happening to Assange seems to be exactly what would have happened to Edward Snowden. Exactly. Had Edward Snowden been caught. And then we have this irony on top of it all that Edward Snowden is seeking asylum from the United States in Moscow while mm-hmm. the Kremlin is being accused of this Navalny mm-hmm. assassination or, or death, yeah, lack we, of a better term. What's going on with the hypocrisy there? U- Ukraine's killing our journalists. Moscow is actually giving asylum to genuine asylum seekers, yet we're sort of advocating that we have moral superiority as a nation, despite the fact that we've committed every crime that we accuse Russia of. What, what's going on? Yeah, no, it's... it's it's beyond hypocrisy. I mean, you know, what I say what I say on my show all the time is you can you can actually have positive hypocrisy if I smoke but tell you not to smoke. Right. I'm being a hypocrite, but it's good advice still. It's actually still correct. What's going on here is is beyond hypocrisy. It's it's deception at at, at its core. And it's just, you know, when you've got Biden and everybody going up and, and shedding crocodile tears for uh, Alexei Nalvani and while simultaneously trying to extradite and kill Julian Assange. These people don't believe anything. Uh, they don't, you know, none of this is valid or real. It's all just pure and simple uh, power politics and sending a message to anybody else that might want to be a whistleblower or a journalist and publish classified documents that you'll get the uh, Julian Assange treatment, uh, just like, just like they say you would in Russia. But no, it's uh, it's it's pitiful and despicable and uh, yet another thing that I'm, I'm surprised more Americans aren't aware of and outraged by the treatment of Julian Assange. I just want to take a minute to remind the audience that Alex Jones will be hosting the show later on in the hour. So we are just filling in while he is fighting the info war on another front, but he will be in the studio. So stick with us, folks. And on that note, I want to dive in even deeper on this, this Russia, Ukraine, United States dynamic that's playing out. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, anytime you point out any hypocrisy or you criticize the United States or Ukraine in any way, you're immediately criticized, especially on Twitter, for being a Putin shill, somebody who actually just adores Putin or loves Putin. I just want to explicitly ask you in an intentionally sort of ambiguous way, what do you think of Vladimir Putin? Uh, Vladimir Putin is, uh, can answer like Trump, 
He's a very smart guy. He's a very smart he's guy. A killer. They're all killers. He's a killer. You don't get to where you get, <laughs> you know, now. So, I mean, what happened was after the USSR fell and, and stopped being communist, it was for several years really just the playground of oligarchs who had been in power already in under communism, under capitalism. They, if anything, expanded their exploitation. And as far as I can understand it, I'm, I'm no historian, but uh, Putin really represented sort of the end of that. He he did a lot to bring the uh, living conditions of Russians, bring their standards up. Like, I mean, it, it it sounds this wasn't that long ago. It sounds like forever ago. But like the idea of Russians having having malls and, you know, washing machines and this sort of stuff. I mean, they didn't have that under communism. They didn't have it under the oligarchs and and. Putin really stopped the oligarchical uh, exploitation, and this was uh, in the in the late '90s, right? Yeah, uh, he was president for a period of time in the early 2000s during the Bush administration. I believe he retired and then came back. Right, but he's always sort of been a a, a power player, and that's why a lot of people sort of refer to him as like a new czar because he's it's not he's not actually appointed to his position for life, like somebody like Xi Jinping in China, mm-hmm. but he basically has. Uh, total domination of the of the Russian political system at this point, and you know I talked today. I, d- I did a very long segment breaking down uh, John Stewart on the Daily Show, and he basically dedicated a whole show to insulting Tucker Carlson for going to uh, to Russia to talk to Vladimir Putin, and yeah, what, he's going to Congress to talk to Congress, which is. John Stewart. Yeah, which is which is responsible for some of the greatest war crimes. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, very true. But he so, uh, you know, his whole thing was he was like, well, commu- you know, it was communism versus capitalism, you know, back in the day. And now the new divide is woke and unwoke. But m- my interpretation of that is during the Cold War, American men weren't putting their lives on the line for an economic system. They were putting their lives on the line to promote the American way, which was Christianity, freedom of thought against an atheistic, despotic control system that was communism. And that divide, in many ways, is still the divide we're dealing with. So, you know, what America has become is, if you want to, you know, people call it woke, but it's a a form of race communism uh, that infests all of our institutions and Russia, whether legitimately or not, portrays itself as Christian and upholding orthodoxy and, and Christian values and standing up against the woke, communistic uh, deconstructionism that American is suff- America is suffering under. So it's, it's sort of odd because it's sort of the same Cold War dynamics, except the positions are switched. Mm. They're now fighting for Christianity. I mean, you know, it, we put in God we trust on our money in the 1950s. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance didn't have the words under God until the 1950s. It was by putting God into these things. It was a, a signal that this is this differentiates us from the communists. We believe in God. We are, are Christian uh, to oppose the atheistic communism of, of Soviet Russia. And so if you're talking, if the divide is actually a form of communism versus Christianity, then those positions have flipped. America is now pushing a, a form of communism around the world and to our own people. And Russia seems to embody a, a Christian ideal that we've lost. Well, it's crazy because this goes all the way back to John Locke's second treaties of government. Had to read it in college. It's like 80 pages. If you're interested in 
politics or political philosophy at all, it's an absolute must read. If you're not interested in those things, then you're going to find it very dry. Right. <laughs> right. But the whole idea of private property rights and how everything we create with our own body, which is given to us by God, is also our property because we produced it with our own will by activating our body in the world, exactly. the work that we do, it all goes back to this notion of God. And even though many of the founding fathers weren't explicitly Christian, they were all at least a deist. None of them were, as far as I know, avowed atheists who just denied the existence of God. They, did not, they disagreed about the nature of God, whether or not he was involved or sort of like, a, like an absent father, but they all believed that God existed and that our rights were given to us at birth by God. So it is incredibly important if we want to uphold the West and the philosophy of capitalism that as a culture, we at least generally accept the existence of God because the philosophy sort of falls apart if there is no deity bestowing rights upon you. If God doesn't exist, then who says that you have rights when you're born? You're just sort of matter in the, in the universe. Right. And, and, and private property is big of it, a big part of it. In other words, it wasn't a the Cold War wasn't a battle between two economic systems. It was a battle between two right. philosophies about the, the, the basis of, of what humans are and, and why, we're on, why we're on earth, really. And, of course, capitalism is an outgrowth of freedom. It just is what happens naturally if you give people freedom. As I said on my show earlier today, if you just drop people off in the forest, they would establish private property. It would establish property lines. They would start trading with one another for their mutual benefit. Capitalism is an outgrowth of freedom, not, not the basis of it. Great insights there, Harrison. Stick with us, folks. We will be back after this short break with more news. Alex Jones will be hosting the show today. We are just filling in while he's fighting the info war on another front. So make sure you stay tuned for more on the other side. In 60 seconds, I don't have time to tell you about all the incredible ingredients in TurboForce. But if you simply go to InfoWarsStore.com and look at the list of ingredients and look them up, every one of them is known to give you boosted, clean, focused energy without the letdown. We're talking up to 10 hours of clean energy per serving with TurboForce, exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com. And it's discounted right now. And it doesn't just boost your body's clarity and focus and stamina. It also funds the InfoWar. So it's a 360 win. If you've never tried TurboForce, now is the time. It's got five-star reviews. TurboForce at InfoWarsStore.com will take your energy and your clarity to the next level without the letdown. And it funds the InfoWar, a true 360 win. So go get TurboForce today at InfoWarsStore.com and I know you will not be disappointed because thousands of others have gotten in and it has five-star reviews. Get TurboForce now. 29 years. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. EU, U.S. tension worries Kissinger. And are we going to lose our liberties in this country because everybody from Governor Frank Keating to Henry Kissinger are calling for Americans to start living another lifestyle, to give up liberty for security is the Henry Kissinger and Governor Keating quote, and I'm hearing it all over the radio, television. Uh, Kissinger was asked how to get the U.N. troops on American soil back in 91 in Evian, France, in front of the Bilderberg Group. He said that we had an outside threat. The American people exactly. would beg for their world exactly. government to save them. The alien threat scenario has been discussed by Kissinger and others. Publicly, they've admitted they're going to use a fake alien attack. There also exists an extraordinary opportunity to form for the first time in history a truly global society. 
of a new world order. That's what this is about. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today. Take on the new world order by keeping InfoWars on the air. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show, folks. I am Chase Geyser, joined by InfoWars host of the American Journal, Harrison Smith. We are filling in just briefly for Alex Jones. Alex is set to be in studio in any minute. He's in the other room in a meeting fighting the InfoWar on another front. But as soon as that meeting is over, he will be joining the broadcast and hosting the remainder of the show. You know, it's interesting looking at that Kissinger video that we just ran. All of those audio clips about Kissinger from Alex, from callers, those were all from 2001, I believe. So when Kissinger died and when it was the anniversary of Pearl Harbor, I believe, coming up, I made, I can't remember if I made that when Kissinger died or for the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. I think it was for Pearl Harbor. I went through the transcripts of all the broadcasts from 2001. I typed in, I created a tool so that you can search by keyword every time that that word was mentioned on the broadcast, and I just pulled them all together. It is amazing how insightful Jones has been in terms of just sort of the way that power conglomerates and what the implications of that are over the course of decades. How is it, you've known Jones a lot longer than I have, how is it do you think that he was able to put those pieces together as such a young man? I mean, that famous clip of him before 9-11, he was 27 years old predicting that Osama bin Laden was going to be blamed, predicting that they were going to fly 747s into the World Trade Center as early as March 6th of 2001. He's 27 years old. I was so stupid when I was 27. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he'll explain it. It's because they they more or less tell you what they're going to do uh, in their own white papers. I mean, the, the thing is that what we're dealing with now is less of a conspiracy in the traditional sense of men in a smoke-filled room making decisions in secret that then get pulled out. I mean, that that uh, get, get carried out, you know, in, in public. That still happens, obviously, but they're, they're more public about it now. But what we're dealing with now is like a societal conspiracy where everybody has to be brought on the same page. That's why they have the World Economic Forum. That's why they have these confabs where they all come together and get on the same page, and then they're... Uh, their instruments, their puppets go out and carry out the orders that they're given. So they have to, they have to publish things. They have to tell each other what, what's next. What are we doing next? How should you respond to this next? You know, they, whether they call it uh, like the lockstep document. Or disease X even. Disease X, right. They have to get everybody on the same page because it's less of a small group of people, uh, you know, getting in a, in a dark room and, and manipulating everybody else. But it's a, almost a, a nation or globe worldwide conspiracy taking place here uh you know one way to to be right more often than not is just assume the world is run by insane psychopaths and try to think if i was a a crazy person trying to make things hellish for everybody what would i do and more often than not that's exactly what's going to happen so again i i think it i think it has to do with just uh reading the reading the uh, white papers reading the internal documents reading the things that these people published for themselves and just didn't expect anybody else to read. And of course, he'll talk to you about his family and, and the history of, and growing up, you know, s- seeing it from the inside to some degree, uh, listening in on conversations as his um, parents were having. But it, in the end, I think it's just about thinking for yourself, being a free thinker and just going, I'm not going to take anything I hear on, at face value, everything I'm being told, I'm going to question, I'm going to research, I'm going to look into. And once you start doing that, you almost inevitably come to the conclusions that Alex comes to. 
Did you ever see the movie Goodwill Hunting? Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. There's that famous scene where Matt Damon's character, who's this mathematical genius, is working for this famous professor of mathematics as part of like a probation program, basically, mm-hmm. is, the, is the plot of the movie. And you remember that scene where he walks in, he's solved the proof, and the professor's like, oh, that can't be right, because he doesn't understand how he solved the proof. And Matt Damon just snaps and goes, you have any idea how easy this is for me? And he lights the, the paper on fire, on fire and he says, you figure it out. That's how it feels to me since I've been involved at InfoWars. And, and I'm sure this may be how you feel and Owen feels and Alex feels. After you realize the extent of the propaganda and the corruption and the conglomeration of power and globalism, after you realize what's going on, it is so easy to spot every instance of propaganda to see right through every single headline. What's astounding to me is how difficult it is for everyone else. Their strategies seem so transparent and stupid and obvious to me. What I can't understand is how effective propaganda actually is. It works and it's silly and dumb and obvious and cheap. Why is it that it works? It's not just because everybody's stupid because only half the population is stupid. Everybody else is average or above. <laughs> right, you right. know. So why does it work on so many people? Uh, it's you know, it's a good question. It's this question I was struggling with to, uh, today. Just the going, how do, you, do people not know what's going? I mean, how do you get? Because you, you'll get a parent that realizes what their child is being taught in school. The the story we had today about a Canadian high school sending kids home with just just literal gay pornography and just like sex toys. It just Horrible stuff. And for every one parent that gets outraged and speaks up and and goes to the school board meeting, there's at least nine parents that see what's happening and go, oh, gee, that wasn't like that when I was in school, huh? And that's it, right? Like, that's all. That's the only reaction they have. So the normalcy bias, I think, has a huge, huge part to do with it. In other words, people's ability to, to uh, um, take something new and just just that's how it is from now on not question how it got there and where it came from or who's doing it but it's just that's the way it is now and it's up to me to change my mind to fit with the modern age rather than question it or rebel against it so i think normalcy bias has a lot to do with it i also think that we have the issue of having to deal with layer upon layer upon layer of deception so i was talking to somebody who really hated trump recently and you know, they they didn't mention the trials that he's going through as if they were actually evidence of him doing something wrong. But she was happy they were happening. Mm. So to them, you know, if you talk about January 6th, it's not so much about January 6th. You have to go all the way back to 2015 and 16 when, you know, they were spreading lies about Trump supporters being violent at his rallies. So to these people, what's been seeded in their mind is, OK, Trump violent, Trump supports violence, Trump is a, is a Russian agent that just that gets seeded into their brains. It stays there. And so then every other lie gets built on top of that and on top of that and on top of that. So what what we are trying to do in in debunking claims from the mainstream media or showing how something in, in an article is propaganda. It's not enough just to deal with that. You almost have to dig down and go back to the root of the lie, which may have been years ago that people have internalized and truly believe now. So I think that is a is a huge part of. And we know that's a huge part of propaganda because the people that do propaganda can explain to you how it works. And repetition is a huge part of it. And, you know, 
like Russia collusion is sort of the perfect example because it's been undeniably proven to be false. It is – I mean they've done – the investigations came up with nothing. Everything they tried to push has been proven undeniably to be false and yet – People will still get up on TV and go, well, you know, Russia, you know, Russian collusion that Trump was involved in. And you're just like, wait, what? I, I have to try to disprove this lie from five years ago because you're using it to justify your actions now. This is insane. So it's about the persistence, the repetition uh, and, the, and the way that even when proven wrong, they just move on, ignore it and just act like the lie is still true. We're coming up on a break here, folks. Afterwards, Alex Jones is going to be hosting the Alex Jones Show, so make sure you stick with us and don't go anywhere. In the meantime, make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. I highly recommend TurboForce Plus. It lights me up like a Christmas tree, one of my favorite products. But going there is a 360 win because you get great products and you keep InfoWars on the air. Stick with us for more on the other side. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard how amazing turmeric is for inflammation, for your joints, your bones, your blood, your organs, your mind, everything. Well, we have Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula with 95% curcuminoid extract. No one that we know of has it even above 85%. This is the strongest formula on the market, and it's way lower price than some of the top brands out there that are 75%, 80% humanoid. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula is amazing. You're missing out if you don't try it. It's discounted right now, 40% off InfoWarsTore.com, and it funds the InfoWar, a total 360 win. You owe it to yourself to try Bodies. I know you'll be amazed. Get yours right now at InfoWarsTore.com or call toll-free 888-253-3139. Bodies, 95% humanoid extract will absolutely blow you away. All you got to do is try it. Get yours now. Infowarsstore.com. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America, Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant. This full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD like Rebel Zen has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your temporary host for a little while this morning, joined by Harrison Smith. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you, Harrison. As always, Alex Jones will be back in studio and hosting the show any minute. We are just filling in for him while he fights the info war on another front. We've got this breaking story that Letitia James is prepared to seize Trump assets, including... New York City buildings. We're going to run the clip here in a minute. New York Attorney General Letitia James told ABC News on Tuesday that she's ready to have the courts physically seize Donald Trump's properties and other assets if he doesn't pay the full 
$354 million fine recently handed to the former president in a BS civil fraud case. It would be so funny if they seized Mar-a-Lago and sold it and it was proved that it was more <laughs> valuable than Angerrod said in order for him to pay off the settlement. <laughs> that would be very of the, ironic. Of the price. That'd, be, that'd be wild. So let's run this clip and then we'll talk about it. To the ABC News exclusive tonight after Donald Trump was fined nearly $355 million in his civil fraud case. Tonight, New York State's Attorney General Letitia James saying she's prepared to seize Donald Trump's assets, including his buildings, if he doesn't pay the money. ABC's Aaron Katursky, one-on-one tonight with the Attorney General. Four days after a judge ordered Donald Trump to pay $355 million for a decade of fraud... New York Attorney General Letitia James says she's prepared to do everything she can to make sure the former president pays his fine, including, she told us, seizing the buildings that bear his name. If he does not have funds uh, to pay off the judgment, uh, then we will seek, uh, you know, judgment enforcement mechanisms in court, and we will ask the judge to seize his assets. Trump was held liable for exaggerating his wealth and inflating the value of his real estate so banks would give him low-interest loans. Trump insisted the banks liked doing business with him. They said no victim, no one got harmed, the banks got paid back, so no harm, no foul. Why is that not the case in your view? So financial frauds are not victimless crimes. He engaged in this massive amount of fraud, and it wasn't just a simple mistake, a slight oversight. The variations were wildly exaggerated, and the extent of the fraud was staggering. Trump said the penalty against him would drive other businesses out of New York. Will appeal, will be successful, I think, because, frankly, if we're not successful, New York State is gone. But the state's attorney general told us she's not worried. And last I checked, tourism is up. And Wall Street is doing just fine. Okay, that's enough of this clip. Even with an impending... Can you imagine Letitia James sitting in Trump Tower eating a, a taco salad just saying, I, I love the Hispanics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what she wants. I mean, we, we played two compilations today on American Journal of Letitia James before and when she first became attorney general in New York. Mm-hmm. Her entire purpose of getting the office was to go after Trump, and she was not shy about it. It's another one of these things you go... How transparently corrupt can they be before somebody with good conscience or or honor or just something says this is not right? I mean, she's up there giving campaign speech after campaign campaign speech. At one point, she literally says, when I'm attorney general, I'll go I'll go to work in the office. I'll sue Trump and then I'll go home like she's like, that's all I'm going to care about. That's all I'm going to do. We will get him. We have to destroy him. I will target him. So it's not like speculation that like, oh, this is some corrupt persecution. She announced it's a corrupt persecution. She said it, you know, she didn't come out and say, I'm going to fight fraud. Oh, look, it looks like Trump committed fraud. She said, I'm going to go after Trump. I'm going to investigate him. I'm going to look at his uh, financial records. I mean, every aspect of this case is so flagrantly in violation of not just the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. It's it's outraging. But you can you can almost see in watching a well-produced ABC News segment, how people can fall for this, how when they present it and you have some misplaced trust in the American system, it you come away with the conclusion that like he had a trial, a fair, you know, must have been a fair trial. This is America after all. And, you know, he was committing fraud, so he has to pay for it. I mean, the way it's packaged, the way it's it's presented to the American people is so utterly fraudulent in and of itself. Uh, but it's well done. They have this this 
almost a, just a tone that they have as if all of this is business as usual. And here's the facts, ma'am. When in reality, every single aspect of this has been arbitrary, capricious, vindictive, and just utterly fraudulent in, in legal terms, in, in my opinion. So Letitia would love to sit in, uh, in Trump Tower, I'm sure. They we're getting real, real strong late R- Roman Republic vibes when you mm-hmm. had prescriptions where mm-hmm. the richer you were, the more likely you were to be put to death and have your uh, goods confiscated. But, you know, the fact she says Wall Street's doing great and Wall Street in and of itself is just a hive of corruption and fraud it just well, it and gives well, a lot there's massive thing. inflation, the stock market typically goes up. Just right. because the stock market is going up doesn't actually mean that the American people are doing any better. It's only doing good for people who have money to put into the stock market, but everybody's living paycheck to paycheck. Credit card debt is astronomically high relative to years past. Bankruptcies are up 20% year over year. So yeah, if you're Bezos, things are looking good because the banks get all this money from the Federal Reserve. They have nowhere else to put it. So it winds up in these Fortune 500 stocks. Then the stock market blows up and the politicians say, oh, the economy's doing great, but nobody's invested. I'm not invested in the stock market. I have been in the past. I had money in the market when Trump was president because I was making money and I could afford to prepare for retirement. But I'm an example of somebody that had to pull from savings in order to make ends meet during some of the rougher years of this Biden administration. So they just constantly lie over and over again. And what baffles me is how they can lie over and over again and get away with it. Then their opponents actually don't do anything wrong at all, but they're incriminated for it. I mean, how is it that the propaganda machine is so powerful, so successful, people are so vulnerable to it, that they've actually successfully married the brands of Vladimir Putin to Donald Trump? So in the, in the minds of the left, they're the same exact person. Uh, propaganda is extremely effective, especially when it happens on a uh, on a front like the American media landscape that all says the same thing at the same time in the same way. It gives people the impression of truth when in reality it's a coordinated lie. It's uh, it's hard to understand. It honestly is very hard to understand. We, we saw Fannie Willis just being an embarrassing, condescending mess. And yet you go on lefty Twitter and they're like celebrating and they're like, Hell yeah, you go, girl. And it's like, this woman is provably committed crimes. Letitia James, provably, knowingly corrupt. They know this. Admitting on the stand to having committed campaign finance fraud. I mean, it's beyond proof. They have the text messages, the receipts. I mean, everything about it, they don't care. And that's, that's really the disturbing part is that Americans don't care. They either... It's either they know what's going on and they don't care because Trump Hitler, so, you know, Trump is Hitler, so... You know, whatever, who cares? We have to bend a a judicial proceeding. We're stopping Hitler. So they either know what's going on and they're in favor of it or they're ignorant to it. Or like like the the clip I know Alex played yesterday of Kevin O'Leary talking about this, where they see what happened to Trump. And, you know, this goes into the clip we just saw where he says New York is dead. It's people saying I'm pulling my investments out. I can't trust New York anymore if they're going to treat Trump like this. But it's like. It's not about investments. It's not about, you know, where to put your money. It's about the undermining and absolute total destruction of the basic virtues and principles that make our country functional. So it's it's more than just about where do we invest money. It's about you need to stand up to this, to stop this, to, to not let this set a precedent, mm-hmm. not for the future of, of businesses and fraud and 
whatever fraudulent people should be you know people who commit fraud should be taken to court and and punished they aren't only trump is but it's about the establishment of a system in which any proceeding can be corrupted any judicial overreach can be justified by people who want to crush dissent by all means necessary that's the real danger so it's kind of it's kind of it kind of annoys me a little bit to hear these billionaires and millionaires are suddenly very concerned about what happened to Trump because it affects it may affect mm-hmm. their bottom line. We need these people like if these people were paying attention or cared, they would recognize what's happening to Trump has nothing to do with the money he's being charged. It has to do with the corruption of a system hell bent on destroying any semblance of dissent in the population. And this is the end of the republic if they're allowed to get away with this. But the, the billionaires on Wall Street only care about whether or not they'll be charged next. And, sure. And that's it's like, annoying. where were you six years ago when they were lying about Russian collusion hoaxes and things like that? that ha- These are the manifestations of those actions. You're mad about business. That Where were you when the whole system was very obviously corrupt just years ago? And you were happily sort of sitting on the stand of Shark Tank and being Mr. Wonderful. Exactly. I, I'm totally with you. So we're coming up on a break here. Alex Jones is going to be hosting... Any minute now, we are filling in for Alex as he fights the info war on another front. In the meantime, I do want to take this opportunity to talk to you a little bit about TurboForce Plus. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com to be the reason that we are still on the air. I like all the products at InfoWars. Some of them are more relevant to me than others. One of my favorite things about TurboForce Plus, similar to BrainForce Plus or BrainForce Ultra is that these are an example of supplements that you can take and literally feel your state of mind change within 20 minutes or so. You don't have to take it for two weeks before it kicks in. You don't have to establish it in your body. This is a way to improve your life literally in minutes. Order now at InfoWarsStore.com. In 60 seconds, I don't have time to tell you about all the incredible ingredients in TurboForce. But if you simply go to InfoWarsStore.com and look at the list of ingredients and look them up, Every one of them is known to give you boosted, clean, focused energy without the letdown. We're talking up to 10 hours of clean energy per serving with TurboForce, exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com. And it's discounted right now. And it doesn't just boost your body's clarity and focus and stamina. It also funds the InfoWar. So it's a 360 win. If you've never tried TurboForce, now is the time. It's got five-star reviews. TurboForce at InfoWarsStore.com will take your energy and your clarity to the next level without the letdown, and it funds the InfoWar. A true 360 win. So go get TurboForce today at InfoWarsStore.com and I know you will not be disappointed because thousands of others have gotten it and it has five-star reviews. Get TurboForce now. I don't know who wants to come to a city like Austin be told to go out there, swear an oath to protect and defend this community, protect the people and the lives of this community, protect the property of this community, to be told, you know what, we're going to indict you and potentially put you away for the rest of your life in prison. The allegations being made against me by Jose Garza is uh, aggravated assault um, with a deadly weapon by a public servant, uh, first degree felony, which carries a life, uh, potential life sentence. We were responding to a riot. You know, people throwing Molotov cocktails at us, bottles filled with urine, bottles filled with gasoline, and they're engaging in, in criminal activity by obstructing the passage road that goes to the main hospital. This is the largest, you know, case of batch of pushed indictments of officers, first time ever in American history. This has nothing to do with justice, has nothing to do with any wrongdoing. This is simply about 
politics and a political agenda that has taken place with these radical uh, liberal uh, district attorneys. People are really waking up now because George Soros is a CIA operative. That's what he is. He's the front man for it. Didn't just take over several thousand cities and counties where they have the judges and they have the district attorneys, the county attorneys in their pockets. Now many of the police chiefs, they have these junkets that are on record where they pay for the hotels and, and airline tickets to the Caribbean and to the Mediterranean and to Europe and to Canada. We're talking five-star hotels. And they go to these week-long conferences that are put on by George Soros organization and sub-organizations, and they teach them how to engage in criminal activity. So they're organized crime racketeering mafia meetings of the lawyers. They, they've got the lawyers, they've got the judges, they've got the PR firms, so they give them a packet. They say, we're, 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 this is how it works with lawyers. They say, we're going to sue Alex Jones, we're going to sue Trump, and they this has come out from whistleblowers, and then, then they're given a packet. This is what you say, this is what you file, this is how you do it, and the judge is going to default Trump, they're going to default Giuliani, they're going to default Jones, and say that you don't get a trial. The judge will then find you guilty, and then we'll have a show trial, because the public still expects one, on quote damages. Now, when that worked on me and a bunch of other people in the last five years, they've now said, screw that. We're just gonna have judges say you don't get a jury trial and then say you're guilty on day one of the trial and then have a, their own trial where you don't get closing statements, you don't get to put forward your evidence, you don't get to say you're innocent. We begin our report with truth and consequences in two New York courtrooms this week. The trials begin for Donald Trump and FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried, both of whom face charges. They committed fraud, building empires out of hyperbole and deceit. The banks got back their money. Again, there was never a default. There was never a problem. Everything was perfect. There was no crime. The crime is against me. Federal prosecutors have dropped the charge against ex-FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried that he violated campaign finance rules, according to The New York Times. Journalist Glenn Greenwald tweeted, Congrats to Sam Bankman-Fried, the Democratic Party's second largest donor behind George Soros, on having his campaign finance fraud charges dropped by the Biden DOJ. So they've put their people in place. And you have to understand that. And so it's basically the CIA, but they do it through think tanks. So the baseline is a bunch of cowards that'll follow orders. But now you're seeing the thoroughbreds of trash, the Fannie Willis's and the Lewis Kaplan's and all, all, all the rest of them, the prosecutors, the judges, who think you're so stupid that Trump doesn't even get a jury on a case with $400 million. Again, almost all these billionaires don't have $100 million on their own. They're just moving forward against it. People still thought we were in a free country, but, but, but I think now the veil is lifting. People are waking up to the fact that this is, it's socially society destructive. This is going to destroy your economy. It's going to destroy your state. You want to chase away the people who are actually generating revenue, paying the taxes to keep your social systems in order. When they leave, when they get chased out, when the government usurps that and squanders it because government can't do crap the way private enterprise can, you're all going to suffer. And as Trump has said a hundred times, and I'll say it again, they're not trying to get me or Trump. They're trying to get through us to get to you. And I look at you and I say, do you understand that they're cutting off our energy, they're cutting off our fertilizer, they're imploding our borders, they're destroying our currency. They're bringing this country down.
I realize I'm going down on the Titanic. From the front lines of the information war, it's Alex Jones. people that are boys. And I don't know what that is. I've never seen one of those before. People whose gender might be a little bit of both or might even be neither. Some public schools and libraries (laughs) invite drag queens. Some dress like torn demons Uh, to read to young children. Parents' rights are limited (laughs) and children's rights are put ahead. So the child has the right to be protected from the parents when the parents behave badly. What? (laughs) Yeah, that child molester gets messed with the wrong preschooler. Uh, What makes you think he's a child molester? Oh, he's a child molester, believe me. Every child molester I've ever met looks just like that. And make gay little babies for the whole human race. Make a world we can live in where the one who you love's not an issue. We'll convert your children. What? Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly. And you will barely notice it. You can keep him from disco. Warn about San Francisco. Make him wear painted pants. <laughs> we don't care. And then you have talk show stars like Joe Rogan who just wing it, who make it up as they go along. And because figures like Rogan are trusted by people that don't trust real newsrooms, we have attention, a problem that's much bigger than Spotify, much bigger than any single platform, Kate. But that's what's at the heart of this. Ra- Damn it, everything on TV sucks. It's Alex Jones. Cool. the line get that through your damn head stop pushing your a few minutes later we're gonna beat your ass you just get that through your stinking traitorous heads (laughs) but i will stomp your head in if you start a fight with me you thug scum you think i'm a coward like you uh i uh three days later whoa I just got invited to give the commencement address at Harvard this year. That's amazing. I'm gay. Oh, yeah. There. Let's go get that. All right. So you get to wear the hat and everything? Yeah, you better. <laughs> Don't worry. Hello? Enemy! Enemy! You are my enemy! You will pay. Yeah, you think I don't see your face, scum? You don't think I don't see you? I see you, you understand me? I know what you think of me and my family. I see you right back. You understand that? You understand that? You will fall! You will not bring humanity down! 
destroy you. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. That was cool the way he like Infowars.com. <laughs> That's not really Mike Judge voicing that, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cool info warriors. We're live, folks, hour number two. Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. All right, the term gonzo journalism was coined in and around Hunter S. Thompson, who just seemed to always write himself into his stories. That's never been my intention, but I'm pretty much always in the middle of whatever stories are going on. And the reason I wasn't here a couple days last week and the first hour today is that I'm in intense legal meetings with all of the bankruptcy of free speech systems and my personal bankruptcy all coming to a head here and decide the future of this operation. And, and we've got Letitia James announcing uh, that she's going to go ahead and just seize all of Trump's assets before the appeal and sell it all off. Uh, they've put a former Bill Clinton operative uh, in as the receiver uh, to oversee all this and run uh, the Trump companies. Imagine how that feels. Well, that's basically uh, the boat we're in. But every day more people wake up, every day it becomes more obvious. Every day we stay on air is a victory against these people who are having to just throw all caution in the wind, all checks and balances in the wind to do this. And to, to, to say the kangaroo court rulings with no juries and things like that in New York have woken people up is an understatement. It's really woken people up. I played that uh, clip yesterday. I'm going to play it again, actually, after we talk to Robert here a little bit because I want to get his take on it uh, with uh, Kevin O'Leary. In fact, get it ready now because Barnes is with us for the rest of the hour. I'm going to skip the breaks. Most of the breaks coming up, so we'll have plenty of time to talk to Barnes. But O'Leary came out, play the three and a half Fox, not the five and a half CNN one. And he just nailed it. He said, listen, this isn't about Trump. This is about all checks and balances gone, a weaponized Democratic Party using the legal system to conquer everything. And and look, they've graduated more lawyers the last 30 years than were in the history of the United States. Look it up. Like Biden's produced more money the last three years in the whole history of the United States. I'm not saying all lawyers are bad. You kind of need to fight fire with fire. But there's very few good lawyers and just a bunch of crooks. And they're mainly Democrats. And they know exactly what they're doing. So they're at war with us through the jurisdictions and systems they've created or they've hijacked, and it's incredible. So I wanted to get Barnes' expert take on the election coming up in nine months and all the incredible persecution and the Letitia James fiasco and the E. Jean Carroll debacle uh, and and, and now the the real estate case with Trump, no, no jury, I mean, let that sink in. Since when are there no juries, at least in my kangaroo cases that Barnes did a great job covering and also worked on some, they at least had a jury decide how guilty I was. They at least had a show trial. I was already guilty, already decided judge said so, but they at least still trotted a jury out. They're not doing that now. So here's O'Leary and we'll go right to Robert Barnes. 
This award, um, I mean, just leaving the whole Trump thing out of it and, and seeing what occurred here, and, and I'm, I'm no different than any other investor. I'm shocked at this. I, I can't even understand or fathom uh, the, the decision at all. It, there's no rationale for it. And so let me give you a real-time uh, experience I'm having regarding this, and I'm not the only one. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state. Like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now. And I'm not the only person saying that. And here's a real time situation. In development in real estate right now, the hottest asset class is very high end data centers. They cost anywhere from two and a half to three and a half billion each. They're very expensive. They require low power. You need permits. But most of the major institutions in the world need more data centers. And that's why developers like me are doing this. Now, you need power. So New York has Niagara Falls. Normally, you'd consider that to put in one of these facilities, create 400 jobs, five more jobs for each of one of those for auxiliary services. I can't go to New York. So I'm going to Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia. Governor Stitt, Kevin Stitt, my staff have met with him. Governor Bergen, the same thing. Governor Justice. Those are winner states. They don't do things like this. I have to syndicate that debt and all that equity. We're talking billions of dollars here. Do you think any foreign institution or any private equity firm or any pension fund would touch New York? No. And that's why New Yorkers should be concerned. The fine people of New York should ask themselves, why are we such a loser state? How are we going to attract business? It's not just the existing businesses that are fleeing out to Texas and Florida. What about new money like this that I'm talking about, like a $4 billion data center? Not a chance I would put that in New York. Zero probability. Never. And so they've got a lot of work to do to find themselves getting out of this situation. This has all occurred post-pandemic. Winner states versus loser states. Look at Tennessee right now, fastest growing city in America, Nashville. Winner state, good policy, competitive taxes. You've got to start thinking about this in the context of winners and losers. New York, mega loser state. So, Kevin, what did you think of Governor Hochul saying this is like a unique one and done because Donald Trump went too far and was so nefarious. Uh, you guys, if you're just doing what you should be doing, you have nothing to worry about. But they're very worried about it. Yeah, we're very worried. Every investor is worried because where is the victim? Who lost money? This is some arbitrary decision a judge made. This policy and what this says, what does this say about the bar, the legal bar? In New York, aren't they going to question this judge? What is this? $355 million and there's dollars as a, as a penalty and there's plus interest at 9% and there's no victim? I mean, I'm sorry, her, her words fall on deaf ears to everybody. There's nothing she can say to justify this decision. And this has nothing to do with Trump. Nothing to do with Trump. Forget about Trump. This is not a Trump situation. This is a New York problem now. The whole world is looking at this saying, what are you doing to yourselves? Well put, Kevin. All right, time. constitutional lawyer, patriot, good friend of mine, Robert Barnes, joins us now. This really is escape from New York. The truckers are going to shut it down. Businesses by the thousands are, are leaving a year now. Thousands are saying they're going to leave on top of it. 
and they're so arrogant, they just move forward. I've got all these news articles, Democrat Congress, men and women, people saying, screw you, don't, you know, don't come here uh, if you're pro-Trump. Their cities are already destroyed, but they just keep doubling down, doubling down, Robert Barnes. How long has the legal system been this corrupt? And am I wrong to say? To Trump now. And as you note, the problem with that is uh, that the whole world then is put on blast. The whole world then has to recognize it, has to watch it, has to see it, observe it, understand it for what it is. And that's what's taking place here. I mean, the all of these trials, as I've been saying, it was true of your cases, is true of Trump cases. The American justice system is on trial here, and the American people's verdict is that the justice system is failing. Not that Trump did anything wrong. It's that our justice system is delivering partisan preordained results that are counter basic common sense. I mean, here, I mean, for example, I mean, here you have, you have a total nutcase in E. Jean Carroll. Everybody knows she's a nutcase, and the judge lets keep, uh, keeps letting her sue over and over and over again. And you have a federal judge lying to the world, saying that Trump was found guilty of something that the jury, even a liberal Democratic New York jury, said he was not guilty of. And so the and now you have a case where there's no damages at all, no harm at all. The, the, uh, everybody involved in the transaction say they would do it again tomorrow if they could. Uh, in the case of these very sophisticated banks, that what Trump did was normal, usual, and customary. And yet you have a judge saying he wants to basically bankrupt Trump and the attorney general who wants to, while doesn't even want to wait for the appeal to be resolved before stealing as much of Trump's property as she possibly can. Someone who got elected to the attorney general's position running on the Berea campaign slogan of show me the man, I'll find you the crime saying I will go after Trump that she didn't go after. I mean, in New York, you're telling me there's nobody on Wall Street that's actually corrupt in New York? There's no big banks that are actually corrupt in New York? Just like the Obama administration. You know, they went after people that were low-level people, and they let all the big banksters off. Here, they target Trump, who's got to be the most innocent guy in the history of, a, of New York real estate construction. They put him under macroscopic, microscopic investigation, and all they can come up with is a nut job to make false claims against him, and a nut job judge who's uh, had a history of unethical and unprofessional behavior with a lunatic clerk who has unprofessional uh, political partisan behavior, writing a decision that admits that there was no harm caused to anybody in the transaction, but he's going to steal half a billion dollars from President Trump because he's Donald Trump. Now, what this is, as President Trump uh, truthed out yesterday, is a Eighth Amendment violation. This is an excessive fine under the Eighth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And that has two important aspects. One is it's grounds to invalidate this from ever happening to anyone else again, that you cannot find someone where there has been no harm to any identifiable victim. And then second, it gives the Supreme Court of the United States the ability to get involved in this case because the New York courts have proven themselves untrustworthy and unreliable, even at the appellate level. And the only question is, are they willing to not only sacrifice the credibility and integrity of the American legal system, are they also willing to sacrifice America's desirability as a place to invest? Not only these individual states within the country, in terms of New York, Delaware, Illinois, California, all of whom have issued insane verdicts, Delaware against Elon Musk, California in multiple contexts, Illinois in multiple contexts. Uh, 
that you shouldn't invest in these states. You shouldn't be in these states if you can get out. But if you're a foreign investor, why invest in the United States at all? You have a Biden administration that's weaponizing the entire legal apparatus. This is we're going to see a backlash like we saw with the Russian sanctions. The sanctions on Russia led to a bunch of foreign investors deciding America is no longer a safe place to do business. And what happens when they look at what's happening to Trump and decide even more people say we don't want to do business in America? And by the way, Barnes, you're not just saying that for people that don't know the history. Saudi Arabia's decoupled from the U.S. India is. This is devastating. The blue cities are already devastated, and there's already a flight out of these cities. And 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 now, I mean, no one invests in Venezuela because you know the government will grab your stuff, folks, for no reason. This, I I, I mean, I want to think there's a method to their madness. You know, they have Build Back Better, collapse things, taken over, but they're collapsing their own power bases. You've been in these courts, you know these people. You've been around the country. These judges, these whack jobs, these Fannie Willis's, all of them obviously insanely corrupt. You scratch the surface. Everything they say about Trump is what they're doing. Do they have any conscious understanding, second, third, fourth order, what they're doing? Are they only thinking one-dimensionally? It's what we've been talking about, that we're in one of the most perilous times in American history and world history because these people are not only have their moral compasses broken – they are intellectually incompetent. They are like late generation, late stage colonial empires. And that, you know, that second and third wave of colonial administrators are not only morally corrupt, morally bankrupt, but intellectually daft. You know, when Hillary Clinton is the kind of people you're putting up, you're not putting you're not bringing their best. And so the, the problem is that's when we're at the most risk. That's when the world is at the most dangerous stage. Because that's what the kind of leadership we had that led to World War One, where the Austro-Hungarian Empire, the Russian Empire, Ottoman Empire, all disappeared within a decade. Uh, you know, they they clearly weren't intending for their empires to fall apart. But that's what happens when you have so much intellectual incest that in inbreeding that you produce an incompetent and corrupt class, as Tucker's talking about. It was our ruling class. You know, Tucker said, I don't have a problem with the ruling class. I have a problem with this ruling class. This ruling class is incapable and incompetent and dangerous to themselves and others. And that's what they're proving. I mean, they should have realized that they couldn't just replicate and repeat what they did to you, to Donald Trump, and get away with it when the whole world was watching uh, with uh, when these cases happened. And that's what I was saying and earlier. I, I'm just a bellwether. But but people apologize to me. at the. I mean, a restaurant, a gas station, sometimes multiple times. Oh, my God, you're, you got screwed like Trump. We didn't understand it. I get all these emails, all these calls. I mean, this has really resonated with people, this persecution of Trump. And now they've got more cases that are going to start unfolding, and it's backfiring. And, and even the Wall Street Journal New York Times are admitting, okay, this didn't work out. This I mean, Even Axelrod a month ago on national news said this backfired. Oh, completely. And then you look at the utter embarrassment and disgrace when they put these judges and prosecutors under any degree of scrutiny. So what you're seeing with Fannie Willis, this is someone who went, here you have the lead prosecutor, the lead law enforcement lawyer in Fulton County in Georgia, one of the biggest counties in Georgia, gets on the stand and commits open, overt, blatant perjury. Perjury is proven by her own best friend's sworn testimony under oath. Perjury is proven by the former law partner of her uh, illicit lover in which she not only engaged in unethical and unprofessional uh, conduct, also engaged in campaign finance fraud and money laundering, 
But she committed perjury to try to cover up for it, and everybody knows it. Sat there and said her relationship with him didn't start until 2022, and everybody knew it started back in 2019. Making up stories about how she was reimbursing in cash, everybody knows that's false. They're claiming that she got it from campaign funds and then later trying to claim it was her funds, contradicting her own sworn testimony. This is the person prosecuting President Trump and a bunch of good, honest, honorable people in the state of Georgia, like David Schaefer and others, uh, for completely a made-up case in which, and remember, in Georgia, the reason why there was any case brought at all is because Fulton County courts corruptly failed to hear Trump's election contest in a timely manner. Trump brought an election contest under Georgia state law. I was part of that process, and the courts were required to hear it within 10 days, and they never heard it at all. And it's only because of the court's corruption, the court's failure, the court's incompetence, that any issue even occurred on January 6th. And so it's the Fulton County Courthouse that's now on trial as to whether or not it will permit perjurious, uh, lying criminal prosecutors from continuing to prosecute President Trump for made-up crime allegations. And you said that a few years ago was going to happen, and it did. We'll be right back with Robert Barnes. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard how amazing turmeric is for inflammation, for your joints, your bones, your blood, your organs, your mind, everything. Well, we have Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula with 95% curcuminoid extract. No one that we know of has it even above 85%. This is the strongest formula on the market, and it's way lower price than some of the top brands out there that are 75%, 80% humanoid. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula is amazing. You're missing out if you don't try it. It's discounted right now, 40% off InfoWarsTore.com, and it funds the InfoWar, a total 360 win. You owe it to yourself to try Bodies. I know you'll be amazed. Get yours right now at InfoWarsTore.com or call toll-free 888-253-3139. Bodies, 95% humanoid extract will absolutely blow you away. All you got to do is try it. Get yours now. Infowarstore.com. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. Live from the Infowars.com studios, you're listening to The Alex Jones Show. Du, du hast, du hast mich. Du, du hast, du hast mich. All right, constitutional lawyer, really smart historian, good friend of mine, Robert Barnes, is riding shotgun with us on this live February 21st, 2024, Wednesday transmission. Let's uh, pull back now, look at the big view with Russia routing the Ukraine, pushing them out of the cities. Uh, now even the New York Times admits t- total collapse. Uh, Biden's cognitive uh, abilities are just degrading at a massively uh, sped up rate. We have more of the show trials getting ready to start against Trump. We, we have the timetables there. We have Trump continuing to surge. It's backfiring. Uh, we have uh, all the economic issues that are bubbling around and and going on. How do you see this playing out with nine months out to the election? Just big picture and then drill in different areas of it. And then the war on the press we're seeing 
uh, that really the biggest bellwether isn't even Alex Jones or Donald Trump because we've had our free speech massively attacked by Julian Assange. No doubt. I mean, in the UK, they uh, held his hearings before the high court as to whether or not they're going to allow uh, Julian Assange to be extradited to the United States. The uh, Australia has requested that he be released. Leading press organizations and free speech or individuals across the country have called for it. Uh, Robert Kennedy has said that if he's elected president, the first two, first thing he will do is to pardon Julian Assange and Edward Snowden. The uh, I think it would be useful for Trump to speak out on Julian Assange's behalf. His uh, corrupt Secretary of State and former CIA director, the testimony came out today uh, in the UK courts that Pompeo was conspiring, just like Hillary Clinton was, to assassinate Julian Assange, and thus he shouldn't be extradited to the United States. But it's also coming out that some of the key members of the courts making these decisions in the UK, we're going to see a common theme here with what's happening with Trump in the United States, is that some of these courts are corrupted. Some of them are connected to MI6. Some of them are connected to the very intelligence agencies that were neck deep in the illicit activities towards Julian Assange, but also, as has been confirmed by Michael Schellenberger now and others, was behind Spygate all along, the Five Eyes spies operation that we were talking about from the very beginning, back in February of 2017, talking about how they were using the Five Eyes to launder illicit surveillance on President Trump, his campaign, his supporters, and then while he was president of the United States. This goes to a deep state that is out of control. The deep state is now weaponizing, as Mike Benz talked about with Tucker Carlson, the deep state is weaponizing everything to manipulate election outcomes, and now they're resorting to manipulating the courts themselves. The courts have become complicit and culpable in this level of manipulation. And while all of this is going on in terms of President Trump, in terms of Julian Assange, in terms of political freedom in America, uh, we have the case like Amos Miller in Pennsylvania, that next Friday I'm going to be uh, in a hearing in Lancaster County where they are trying to completely shut down this Amish farmer to issue an injunction that would prohibit him from, get this, from feeding his own pigs, his own food from his own farm. Not just prohibiting him from distributing food to his own members, uh, to, from being able to give it to those people who need it, but from feeding his own family, from feeding his own pigs. They're saying that they get to decide everything. Uh, so while Bill Gates is busy buying up farmland, they're trying to drive out the Amish farmers who make it in the traditional organic way that has us a lot healthier than what the big corporate agriculture controlled big ag system is today. So we are uh, facing unique threats. They're trying to rig the 2024 election, but they're trying to rig it through the court process this time. They're trying to control our food supply, control our political surveillance, control what we can say in social media. They're trying to bankrupt every dissident through lawfare. They're trying to bankrupt every political opponent like President Trump through lawfare. And they're trying to lock him up. I mean, they keep talking about Navalny, who is just a mid-level grifter who uh, didn't even write, go to the level of Lyndon LaRouche in Russian popularity, when right here in America is where the real political prisoners are and, and the January 6th defendants, many of whom are still locked up today three years later, without even a trial being held on drummed-up charges based on evidence we increasingly realize was fake or planted from the get-go. We're seeing that in the pipe bomb evidence that Congressman Massey has put out. We're seeing it in the other evidence from the video footage they've been hiding from year, for years from these criminal defendants. So President Trump said the other day, we have political prisoners right now 
And he is the number one political prisoner. They want to lock him up with the bogus D.C. case. They want to lock him up with the bogus Georgia case. They want to lock him up with the bogus New York case. Another New York case. Going to go to trial in March. Based on what? Based on Trump being defrauded by an entrapment scheme of Stormy Daniels and her corrupt, imprisoned lawyer, Michael Avenatti. I mean, how in the world is that criminal case going forward? And then on top of that, still has the Florida case where Jack Smith is trying to hide evidence that incriminates his indictment. And what's the Biden Justice Department doing? They're busy indicting their own informants who, because those informants ratted out Joe Biden by claiming that it's another Russiagate, another Russian conspiracy, that any allegation against Joe Biden must just be from Russia, that, you know, the 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 Russian nukes in space and then Navalny wasn't working to get that 68 billion to the deep state money laundering machine known as Zelensky uh, in Ukraine. And so now they're resorting to even more desperate measures and desperate attempts. And that's the great risk that we face is we have an incompetent deep state, the kind of deep state that led to the abolition of multiple empires in World War One, the kind of deep state that bred the conditions that led to the rise of both fascism and communism in Europe in World War Two, a deep state that is so corrosively corrupt, so incestuously inept that it endangers the freedom and liberty of all of us. And still, if you look at the different judges and Fannie Willis, they look on like like supervillains. They're so crazed and smiling and laughing. They they're, they're incredibly stupid, but they're also incredibly arrogant. Dead reckoning. How how do you see this playing out? Knowing that they don't realize they're losing hearts and minds. They don't seem to care, and they're just rolling forward. Everything they do turns to crap. Well, remember. So the think about it this way. It's like that nut job lawyer uh, that uh, that that we had to deal with uh, in some of your cases. Uh, and imagine a nut job like that uh, getting to run the world, uh, getting in, being in control at the State Department, being in control at the CIA, being in control of the World Economic Forum, being in control of ju- of judge judicial positions, prosecutorial positions. I mean, that's also extraordinary about the Fannie Willis hearings. You got to see just how not only corrupt these people are. But how incompetent they are and how their arrogance far exceeds, as you point out, their intelligence. The problem for the rest of us is that's when the world is most at risk. So the the key is the public resistance. They were banking on the belief that their show trials would show well, that Americans would believe in the outcome and that they would believe in the credibility and integrity of the institutions that produce that outcome. And instead, all it's done is it's exposed how these institutions have been weaponized in ways that are directly contrary to the intent of these institutions and to any credibility or integrity they could ever have or lend to any case. This was similar to what happened in your cases. I mean, if they would have just prosecuted, if they had confidence that their case was legit, then they would have had an honest case with a trial on the merits in front of an honest jury. They were terrified of that because they knew the facts didn't hold up well. And that's what's happening in all these other cases. As people see the E. Jean Carrolls of the world, they say this is ludicrous. As as Kevin O'Leary and others have said, they look at the New York judgment and they're like, how in the world can you be fined nearly half a billion dollars, including interest, when there's no victims of any kind for doing ordinary, everyday, customary business practices? I mean, one of the ironies is this. President Trump is likely going to post bond He doesn't have to post bond to appeal. He only has to post bond to prevent them from collecting judgment while his appeal is pending. 
But you know what he can use to post bond? He can post. Uh, he can use Mar-a-Lago because an independent surety will come in and say that's worth close to half a billion dollars. So even though the judge pretended it was only worth $18 million, an independent surety is likely to get him bail a bond pending appeal because the real market value of that property is closer to half a billion than $18 million. So, uh, But our, our legal system is up against it. If, if the Supreme Court of the United States does not step in in these cases, in immunity and other cases, then uh, we are at great peril. Our American constitutional liberties are at great danger. The election is a great risk of being undermined and interfered with again and manipulated again. And so, it's and, and be Robert, that's my next question, and you already let us there. Look, I, I'd say on a scale of one to a hundred, Clarence Thomas corruption wise is about a two. The Democrats are about you know one hundred and fifty. I, I mean, oh, flew a few times with rich friends on vacations. Uh, had a twenty-year loan on a coach that he paid off. I mean, this is them saying things, in my view, that aren't corrupt or corrupt, but according to the very strict rules of the Supreme Court, even if it follows some of the allowances, you could say maybe it's on the line. But we know the Democrats are totally protected. The media is not going to cover them. The Justice Department's not going to do anything. But all this intimidation on Clarence Thomas, I don't think it's for him, all these attacks. I think it's to scare the other so-called conservative members to get them in line. So everything really is hanging on the Supreme Court, uh, and, and and the Democrats seem pretty confident and, and um, full of chutzpah that they, they've got an ace in the hole. I'm really concerned about blackmail against the Supreme Court. Uh, no doubt. I mean, the Supreme Court hopefully will at least step in and say they can't take Trump off the ballot. That would be first key step number one to protect our constitutional governance and unfair and open election. But the second is they need to take the immunity case. They need to say that the president has immunity, that impeachment is a bar to prosecution under double jeopardy principles unless you are convicted for what you are impeached for. That must be a precondition for presidential indictment. Otherwise, a president can be extorted by any prosecutor anywhere in the world. I mean, the, because what could happen is they could say, if you don't give us what we, we want as a, as a president. Four years. It went up. Like, I mean, inflation is out of control. So for the judge to go without a real estate license or anything in another state, oh, look, I say it's worth $18 because that's what it was valued at 30 years ago, is preposterous. And anybody in real estate, down to a, a, a single family that owns a half-million-dollar house, in the Midwest, they know that that's a load of crap. They know that, that, wait, there's no, as you said, no victim. The banks came and testified. No, he won his business. He's one of our best clients. I mean, of course you value when you're building something that's going to be really valuable. So you get the money to build it, and then you hope that pans out. And with Trump, it always panned out. He's just doing standard, clean real estate developer operations. And then now everybody in the real estate business, as you said, worldwide sees that and says, is America closed for business? Oh, exactly. I mean, you in Mar-a-Lago, I mean, he Trump was smart. He bought up the ocean rights so that he forced Mar-a-Lago to sell to him because he controlled the ocean rights. But basically, he remade that entire property, and he did so in one of the hottest real estate markets in the entire world. And so we know the value of Mar-a-Lago because we know neighboring properties that are half the size with half the water rights are, are right now on the market for $125 million. No, 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 no. So, a, 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 a two-acre lot. I was like, I think sold for 40 or 50 million just a month ago. Correct. Exactly. And so you're looking at his premium property that he has added a premium brand to. You combine the two and you and the real estate market in that Palm Beach region 
At least a quarter of a billion dollars is what it would sell for. At least a quarter of a billion. And he has credible claims that he could get double that for it. The so the uh, and that's the entire. I mean, that by itself is sufficient, not including all the other Trump brands. And truth, even though the SEC tried to interfere with it, finally they capitulated. They didn't want to get into a massive legal war and expose how politicized the SEC has become, going after a lot of crypto companies, trying to treat crypto as a as a uh, security in order to be able to wipe out and regulate and monitor and and uh, and really eliminate as competition as you're talking about from the Federal Reserve independent currency in the form of Bitcoin. That if you do that kind of uh, dynamic, they but they finally folded and Truth is now going to go public. That the, the stock value alone is independently estimated to be worth $4 billion. Absolutely. And, 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 and while we're at it, go back to that article. Put it back on screen for TV viewers. I'm going to read it for radio listeners. Naples is on the other side of Florida. It's not the most elite area uh, where, where, where Trump is. is. Look at the size of that house. It's not even that big. This is inflation, folks. $295 million for that. Mar-a-Lago is like 15 times bigger than that with a giant golf course and the most and the most prestigious people live there and they're claiming that's 200 that just that just sold for 295 million and then Barnes is saying conservatively Mar-a-Lago is worth 250 million. Look, Trump's got offers that's come out for half a half a billion right now. So again, that little rat judge said, "I'm ch- charging you myself, no jury." And I'm going to now take over your empire and $350 million judgment with $100 million or more in, in, in penalties and interest. Everybody sees through it, Robert. Oh, no doubt. And it's it, the, the good thing with all of this is like Trump keeps almost accidentally waking up the world to deep state corruption. That just as, you know, Russiagate and everything that happened to him and the bogus impeachments and the stolen election of 2020. All of that woke up a lot of Americans to problems that you had been warning about for a quarter century or more. But many Americans were asleep because they hadn't seen it at the scale to which it happened to Trump. And Trump was just trying to be an independent guy. Trump wasn't going in there like Bobby Kennedy to actually overthrow the whole power structure. Trump was uh, just going there to have common sense added to the equation in our foreign policy. And he thought so- and he thought if he brought all the elites to the table and said, "Hey, we'll do great policies, you'll have great success." All of them got richer under him, but see it was about the power. They wanted the control through their globalist committees. They didn't want an actual president. And so that's where Trey admits he made a mistake. He came in and thought, "I'll bring him to the table, we'll make a big great business deal." And now he learned, "No, no, no. They don't want America to do well." Not at all. I mean, they're they're power freaks. And they can't afford even the smallest deviation from their control agenda. They're like true control freaks. I mean, that's what you've been explaining for a quarter century. If you get into the mindset of these people, they're obsessive control freaks. You don't have to read about Bentham's Panopticon or Foucault's surveillance state to understand that fundamentally these people are, think about somebody you knew in your life that was a obsessive control freak. That's who these power structure people are. They want to control every, look at Bill Gates. He's a personification of this. You know this guy is an obsessive control freak. He wants to control every little thing to the point that, like the Amos Miller case, they want to control what food you have in your own refrigerator, even if it's only 1%. I mean, the the, the entire farm-to-table market in America is less than 2% of all food supply, and yet you have the state government of Pennsylvania trying to eliminate even that because they want 100% control. 
They're obsessed with the control. The, and, the, and that's who their mindset is. And that's why they could not allow Trump to deviate even the most minor amount from their control-driven agenda. And, concert, and what it's now being exposed is now that they've weaponized every aspect of our legal system, they thought they would expose Trump. What has happened in attacking Trump, they have exposed themselves and they've exposed the major problems in our legal system, the corrosive corruption in our courts, in our prosecutorial offices, in the Justice Department, in ways that, we, that now we realize we need institutional reform in order to remedy. And that's one of the greatest benefits of Trump has been almost like the movie being there. He's accidentally exposed the deep flaws that you've been talking about for a quarter century and has woken up millions of people around the world to our need for institutional reform so this won't keep happening over and over again. From all your sources in D.C. and around the country, because you, you, you definitely get around, Robert, what, what's the big picture? How's the power structure, the corrupt Duggan power structure, how are they feeling right now? How's the Justice Department, you know, in Mayorkas and the open borders, I mean, they, they've got to know how hated they are. They do to a degree, but they live in their own and bubbled universe to a large extent. And so they're very much like those arrogant elites that led us into the Great Depression, those arrogant elites that led us into World War I. They are people that are disconnected from ordinary Americans. I mean, they still think the economy is good. For the working class, for, for Zoomers, for millennials, the economy has stunk for four years. Their expenses, everything, their food, their housing, their education, their entertainment, their transportation has all cost a lot more than their wages and incomes have gone up. A lot of their jobs are crap. Most of the new jobs have gone to immigrants, not to native-born Americans. We have 7 million illegal aliens in just three years that have come in, creating crime problems all across America and stealing jobs from working-class communities, including working-class minority communities in major urban centers like Chicago and New York and L.A. That's leading to political rebellion. So they, they, they unleash George Soros-style chaos. And what they don't appreciate and still don't get is that the people around the world and the American people won't take there. it. That They're going to continue to push back, and they need to push back because it's the only thing that's going to stop them from taking complete control and wrecking everything. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, Absolutely. I'm going to get John Harmon in here that takes the calls. We're going to fire up the phone system after Robert Barnes uh, leaves us. But bottom line, Robert, we're living in a very interesting time of change. And it's, it's, a, it's a very, very exciting moment to be alive. And everything we say and do now echoes through history with an even louder uh, reverberation. We're in a real critical time of flux. And all the good men and women out there need to realize that now is the time to speak out. Now is the time to expose things because uh, the, the minds of the public right now are very open to being awakened. Well, just think if they're, they're uh, wep the way people can understand what they think about Trump is how they thought the weaponization of the legal system against you would work. They thought you would be off the air when the lockdowns happened, when the 2020 election deal happened, when the lawfare against Trump happened, when they tried to create new wars in Europe and in the Middle East at the same time, when the, one, when the most corrupt administration in his fraudulency, the second, and Joe Biden took power. They expected InfoWars to be off the air, Alex Jones to be bankrupt and busted and gone and quiet and silent, and the InfoWars audience to be eliminated. And it's because they refuse, the audience refused to go away. The audience refused to quit sharing the links. The audience refused 
to uh, to go along with what the lawyers demanded and instead went to places like InfoWars Store and bought the products that make them healthier and wealthier as well to be able to keep InfoWars on the air that this independent information is even out there, that this critical voice that becomes a clarion call to the rest of the world, to other comment cre- uh, commentators, to other informed individuals, so that we maintain this tip of the spear against this elite power grab that is necessary to preserve and protect our constitutional liberty. So I encourage people to continue to go to InfoWarsStore.com, continue to share the links, because you are collectively, as long as you never forgive, you never forget, and you hold the line, we will be able to protect American constitutional liberty for our grandchildren as well. Robert, that's the key thing at the end here is people are waking up, we're starting to win battles, and things are only better if we stay awake and say no than if we roll over and capitulate. And a lot of really positive things are happening. Robert Barnes, people can find you by just simply searching your name or vivabarneslaw.locals.com and at Barnes underscore law on X. Robert, talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Let it be your Alex. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard how amazing turmeric is for inflammation, for your joints, your bones, your blood, your organs, your mind, everything. Well, we have Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula with 95% curcuminoid extract. No one that we know of has it even above 85%. This is the strongest formula on the market, and it's way lower price than some of the top brands out there that are 75%, 80% curcuminoid. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula is amazing. You're missing out if you don't try it. It's discounted right now, 40% off InfoWarsTore.com, and it funds the InfoWar, a total 360 win. You owe it to yourself to try Bodies. I know you'll be amazed. Get yours right now at InfoWarsTore.com or call toll-free 888-253-3139. Bodies, 95% humanoid extract will absolutely blow you away. All you got to do is try it. Get yours now. Infowarsstore.com.